Hello, I'm Joan. I'm a Canadian family physician who also works as a restorative medical educator, facilitator, and coach. I create spaces that rehumanize the work of healthcare. I'm creating this podcast to remind myself, as well as anyone else working in a helping profession, that when you are working and caring for your human patients, you are the other human in the room. Hello, healthcare humans. Thank you so much for coming back for another episode of The Other Human in the Room. Okay, so we have another edition of the only human in the car this time. I don't know if you care if I'm in a car or in a van, but this time it's a car. And I'm actually driving towards um, the Family Medicine Forum, which is um, up in Canada, like the, the biggest family medicine conference. And I'm really excited. Like later on today, I am going to be giving a talk about time management and reclaiming your time. And I thought since I have a drive in, it's going to take about an hour and maybe longer depending on traffic. Um, I thought I would record a podcast because why not, right? Um, and I, I want it to be part two of my series on creating sustainable change. I think I'm actually going to record three parts. I know if you listened to last week's episode, I talked all about cultivating desire and really um, if you're going to make any change in your life, like really making sure that you're grounding yourself in fuel that will that will go the distance. Um, and by fuel, I mean kind of emotional fuel, right? And so if you haven't heard that one, it may be might serve you to go back and listen because that is the most important step in my opinion. So often we try and make changes in our life for the wrong reasons, you know, from the wrong fuel sources, from the wrong emotions. So we're trying to like set a goal and make a change to do something in our lives like, you know, stop procrastinating, um, stop scrolling on social media as much, stop yelling at our kids, like whatever the, the goal is that we have. If it's like a stop goal or a start goal, like start exercising, start eating quote unquote healthier, you know, like all these things that we think we should do, but they're all coming from that like should, shame, anxiety, external pressure energy. And sometimes people can do it. You know, I think people can white knuckle their way through a whole medical training and have a whole medical career that's purely fueled on like not disappointing their parents. (laughs) Not me, thankfully, but I feel like I've met a couple people in medicine that that would accurately describe. Um, So you can do it, but it will feel terrible. And especially if it's like a goal that doesn't have massive external pressure to do like the one I just described of trying not to disappoint your parents like if you're actually considering doing something different with your life that's for you to make yourself feel better yeah we got to really connect with like that feel better feeling ahead of time it's this interesting thing it's like oh well if I totally like punish and should my way into exercising then I know I will feel better And that is just not the recipe for success because 
the way you start something is the way you continue something and is how you will still feel when you end at your goal, right? And so that's where the work and like the specific exercise I gave you all last week about really sitting with what you want and cultivating like the emotions of like desire and pleasure and really thinking of what lights you up and what you would want to change from that place. That is step number one. So if you want to hear me talk more about that, you can go back and listen to that episode. This episode, I want to talk about the next step. So usually if someone has like kind of had that light bulb moment and they like feel it in their body and you're like, okay, yes, this is the thing. This is my dream. This is the thing that I can feel in my bones. It's like so good. It's just like fun and delicious to even think about doing that thing. And it's going to be amazing to do it and that whole process. A lot of people have dreams like that and they, they're, they're fantasizing and planning and hoping and dreaming someday they'll do it and then they never do it. And so that's what this step two is about, which is taking action. One of my teachers calls it massive action. So it's the idea of starting to do the thing. Most of us don't do this step. Instead, we say, okay, I have this big dream. Okay, so now... Who do I have to ask? What book do I have to read? What course do I have to take? What podcast do I have to listen to that's going to tell me the exact right steps that will get me to where I want to be? And then if we don't get the how just right and get a fully formed plan out of that how, we never do it. Or we do find a how. So, you know, a lot of people want to exercise more. And so like, you're like, okay, so I'm going to sign up for this kind of gym. And then you do it and it's like kind of good for a bit, but there's parts of it that don't feel so good or whatever. And then you like, quote unquote, fall off the wagon. And it's because you're like thinking there's a wagon to fall off of. And you're thinking there's one right way basically to do this thing. And then you give up because you're like, see, I'm not supposed to exercise because... I tried that one personal trainer's program and I didn't like it. And that means I can never exercise ever. And you've totally cut yourself off from the whole reason that you wanted to exercise in the first place, which, you know, for me, I exercise because it feels amazing in my body. I connect with my body. It gives me energy for the rest of my day. I I feel that my, you know, my anxiety reduces. I like all these amazing benefits that like don't have to do with what gym I go to. They have to do with like moving my body and having my heart race and feeling sweaty, right? So we have to get, if you really want to create a change and have it stick, right? That's, we're talking about sustainable change, not just like a fad diet or a fad change in your life, like a fad strategy you try. It can't be about the strategy. It can't be about the roadmap. It has to be having that deep desire and really kind of belief that you will get there and then just trying a bunch of stuff. That's what massive action really means is like, okay, so if I know that I want to bring more, I'm going to use the exercise example throughout this. So like if I want to bring more movement into my life, I want to exercise more. I want to exercise because it feels good in my body. I want to, maybe I don't even use the word exercise because that actually doesn't feel good in my body, but I want to move. I know I love when I move my body by dancing. I love when I move my body by walking in nature. I I know I love how I move my body when I do sports. Like whatever form of movement actually lights you up, I know I want to bring that more into my life, but I don't know how. If you're at that stage, 
Here is the how. You start by starting. You start before you have a plan. You start by trying a thing and then trying another thing and then continuing to experiment and add a little here and take away a little there until you have what feels good for you and you feel like, ooh, this is a good rhythm of it. So like, you know, say you're trying to fold a form of exercise into your week. You look for a place in your week where it seems most reasonable to try something out and no matter what, you give it a try. And then you'd maybe try it on a different day. And maybe you try it on a different kind of exercise. And then you try setting up for a class. Like a lot of people use the fact that they've had to like join three gyms or, or sign up for different kinds of Peloton and um, Nordic track or I don't know, all the different kinds. And they use that as evidence that they can't develop a regular exercise routine. I'm telling you, if you choose, all of those different attempts could literally be evidence that you desire this thing in your life so much that you're willing to try as many things as you need to, to find the one that feels like a yes and that works in your body and that, you know, regenerates that same desire fuel to bring you back the next week. We think of those things as failures and they're failures, I guess, in the sense of like, oh, you know, I wanted to do the whole class and instead I only did half. And so it's a failure from your original intention. But all of that action towards the thing that you want to do still counts as the thing you want to do. So like another example I will give is like um, actually related to the talk I'm giving at FMF today, which is, um, I took a course on charting called charting champions. It's amazing. Strong recommend to anyone who wants to get efficient at charting. Very niche, but so good. Um, and because before I was all over the place with my charting, I was charting evenings, I was charting weekends, I was miserable about my charting. Right. And so I went through this course and I kind of learned the principles of time management and, and, um, the ways that, uh, Dr. Sarah Smith suggested doing charting. Um, and, um, and then I just started trying and actually that's part of what she teaches. She went to the same certification I went to for coaching, which is this massive action approach of like, just start trying. Try charting in front of your patients. Try charting in between patients. Try staying in the room and charting after the patient's gone. Try hiding in your office to finish charting. Like, try literally all the things until you find the right combination. And I mean right combination. It's not going to like going to be the same thing every day. But what I learned is like if I just kept trying to chart in less time and I like set this sort of goal for myself to say could I actually finish my chart after each patient before moving on to the next? And I noticed all of like the objections that came up and I like dealt with them one at a time. Like I didn't have this like 12 step plan where it's like, okay, week one, you're going to chart two charts. Week four, you're going to chart 10 charts. Like I didn't have a plan. I just, I got enough of the belief from her course to say, this is possible for me you know, this is something I could do for myself. What? That's so exciting. And then I just started trying a bunch of crap. I tried a bunch of crap. Like I remember there was one thing I was trying to get my inbox more efficient. And I really had this idea that like, if I had a more like formal plan around prescription renewals and I like made a whole stamp and I was like, okay, this is going to make it so organized. And then I like did that for about a month and then I stopped because honestly it just didn't make things that much more efficient. And I've realized that it's just fine to do it the way I was doing before. 
So if I'm in like this sort of perfectionistic plan focused mode, I would use that as a failure. Like, see, like, see, I just wasted even more time on that. But the truth is everything you do towards your ultimate goal and my ultimate goal in the charting example was like not opening my EMR on evenings or weekends, which has been the case for me now for several months at this point. Um, so going towards that goal, anything I tried in relationship to that goal counted. Anything I try, anything you try that's in service of this desire that you've cultivated in service of seeing how could this change fold into my life, even if it costs you money, if it costs you time, if it costs you energy, it all gets to count as part of your journey. The only thing that will make sure you never reach your destination is if you stop trying. Um, There's this great analogy. uh, I've heard it from several different people, but like the idea of when you're doing a goal is like, so say, well, right now, I'm driving from where I live in Cambridge, Ontario to Toronto, Ontario, which those are two different cities in the province I live in Canada. And so I know my goal is to get to Toronto, right? So if I got like really obsessed with making sure I can only start my journey if I know the exact right vehicle in which to drive, like should I go on the train? Should I take my car? Should I take my van? Should I get a ride with someone else? Should I like bike? I don't, I would not bike, but you know, like whatever options. And I think one is better than the other. And one means I'm a better person or one's, I mean, one is more efficient than the other, but which one fuel efficient or time efficient or money efficient. Right. And so I I could spin an indecision and literally never leave my house. And that's, I think what a lot of us do. We like never even leave the house of trying to do the thing we want to do because we're like oh I have to make sure I like keep doing my research and I've got to like make sure I have the most optimal one otherwise it's like what's the point right and then there's some others of us where we're like we do enough research and I think it's worse like if you do like way more research ahead of time then say I say I started by driving the car I'm in but then my car broke down or ran out of gas or something and I had to now find another way to get to Toronto I find if I've done a lot of that pre-research and I've really like placed my stake in the vehicle I've started driving in, like same with, you know, you do all this research and you're like, okay, finally, this is the gym or this is the strategy. This, like, I know people with weight loss, like this is the diet that's going to do it. Or, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, my feelings about weight loss from previous podcasts, but you know, people have these ideas like this is the solution to my problem. And they put so much stake in it. So then when it, when you hit a roadblock, which like you literally will always hit roadblocks when you're trying to put something new into your life. Like life is full of roadblocks. Nothing's actually like a smooth journey. Have you noticed that? So like for me, if I'm driving in this car and then it breaks down, if I, if I make that mean that I'm not supposed to go to Toronto, then the problem wasn't the car. The problem was my belief in my ability to get to Toronto. But if I'm like, oh, I'm getting to Toronto no matter what. I'm, I'm going to this workshop. I'm like take, giving this conference. Then I'm like, okay, where's my Uber app? What taxi can I take? What person can I hitch a ride with, right? Like I'm thinking of new solutions and I'm going and going and going until I get there. And even if like, so say it's like I can't even find a car, so I've got to start walking. And then I get tired and I take a break. That still doesn't have to mean I'm not getting to Toronto. It means like I'm a human person who, does well when they take breasts and breaks, right? I think sometimes when people think of like what I'm describing and the way I see some people think of things like massive action where you're like, 
taking a bunch of action until you figure out your, you know, figure out the way that you're going to make your goal happen in your life. They think you literally have to take action at all times. And I'm mostly just like dragging myself because I know I've been kind of in like hyper production mode about a lot of things in my life. And so this is just like a real time reminder to myself, like rests and breaks definitely count as part of what you need to get you to your journey. Just like, again, if my car ran out of gas, I wouldn't make that mean that I wouldn't go to Toronto. I would fill it up with gas and then I would keep going, right? So the only thing that will actually keep you from getting to whatever goal you have in your mind. If you if you did the exercise that I invited you to do last week and you kind of have an idea of like, oh, I, would, I really want this in my life. I really want to stop charting in the evenings. I really want to start saying no to my patients or my colleagues or people in my life where I've struggled to set boundaries. I really want to start doing that, but I'm afraid I'm going to fail at it and it's going to feel terrible. The only thing that feels terrible is never doing something at all, in my opinion. Yes, it doesn't feel fun to have to, you know, stop on a journey when you'd rather keep going. It doesn't feel fun when you have to change vehicles, in my metaphor, right? When you try to set a boundary with someone and then it goes poorly and it's so awkward and fumbly and you say all the wrong words. I'm not saying any of that feels fun. That is the only way you get skilled in actually doing it. And it all gets to count as part of your journey. It all gets to count as evidence of your belief of where you're going. You know, um, another one of my teachers that I really love this phrase, she says, like, it's like picturing your life as this like narrative, this journey. Like say you were the, the main character in a movie and you're in a spot right now where you're feeling really low and you've tried a bunch of things towards a goal and they've all just like totally fell on their face and you've like you know, you're feeling really low. Instead of making that mean you should give up, the phrase that she uses that I really like is, this is the part where blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, because imagine, you know, in the movie, when you're like in the second act and like everything's gone wrong and the hero of the movie is just like defeated, but then that's when they come up with the one big idea and then they like, you know, win the sports tournament or whatever the movie is. So, you know, if you're going... excuse me, if you're going through the time in your life right now where like you are thinking about giving up on medicine, giving up on your job in healthcare, you're giving up on caring, this is the part where you're considering quitting, you know? And that doesn't have to mean anything about you. Maybe it does mean you're going to quit and you're going to go find something else to do that you prefer. Or if you really think about those deep desires and you're like, no, I do love my work in healthcare. I love when I actually do connect with patients. I just feel like there's so many things in the way of me being able to do that right now. Okay, let's get to work on all the things that are in the way of you getting to enjoy your job. Let's do it one at a time. Those things are in your control to navigate around, overcome, or eliminate. You do them one at a time. You try a million ways until you find your way to get your dream job back in healthcare. Okay, so that's the concept of massive action. Um, I hope that is helpful for you. I think of it as embodying the change that you want to see in your life. You just get started. You don't have to know every step and every movement. All you got to do is start moving your body, moving your brain towards the thing you want. And you'll learn so much along the way. Even if you never quite get to where you're going because you realize like, oh, actually, this destination is actually what I wanted. I didn't even know what I wanted. Isn't that interesting? But I knew I needed more of movement in my life, more of 
loving connection in my life, more time to myself in my life. And so I started taking actions and seeing if I could create that time, create that movement, create that, um, you know, relationship in my life. All of that is possible for you. Do you know that? Like it is in your control to create what you want in your life. And the way you do it is you is just get started. Um, you start before you're ready, right? That whole idea. You start by starting. So I hope that was helpful for you. And so my question for you at the end of this podcast is, what is one thing that you can start doing like literally after you finish this podcast today? one small thing that you can practice, you can try. This is a discovery, an experiment process of like, hmm, I know I want this thing in my life. How can I get it? Could I try this? Let's try this today. And you will probably totally fail. And that will be evidence and of your learning. Then, And it will be evidence that you are willing to try whatever it takes to get to what you want. And if this is work you'd love to do, not in isolation, but actually with someone cheering you on, this is my one-on-one work that I do with my coaching clients. And so I would love to also have you come and work with me if you have interest in that. And so if you do want that, there will be a link in this podcast or you can go to joanchanmd.com and apply for one-on-one coaching. I have several slots coming up soon and I would love to work with you. I hope everyone here has an amazing day and there will be a part three. In part three, I will talk about the discipline part of it. Once you do have the key elements that you've discovered that work well for you, how do you keep doing them consistently? And that will be what we talk about next week. I hope everyone here has a wonderful day. Take care. I would love to hear from you. Please share your human moments in medicine with me on Instagram at joanchanmd or on my website, joanchanmd.com. On my website, you can also find other restorative medical education offerings I have, including one-on-one coaching opportunities and skill building workshops. I look forward to connecting with you there.